All right, folks, welcome to the final edition of the Backmarkers F1 show for the 2019 F1 season. We're very happy that you guys could join us for one last time this year before we all head off and brainstorm and get ready for the 2020 season. But for the last time, I'm Chris Cato. I got Tyler McDonald to my left and also Shaker all the way over there on the other side. And uh, <laughs> Hello over there. Hello. way down there on the other side. This table's so big now. Considering where we started in the if, beginning yeah, of the year. If there was like the best, you know how you, you develop your cars throughout the year, you know, for us, our biggest R&D development was uh, was our table. Yeah. Definitely our table. We're definitely right. be adding more to it as we go along. As you guys noticed, Chris brought some driving blubs. That's right. I, uh, I went full Ferrari. And uh, let me just put these on real quick here. And... Uh, you have to have racing gloves for a podcast, folks. It gives you guys, it gives you good grip on your mug. <laughs> gives you good grip on the uh, the microphone stand here. Let's pull it together. So it's very, very professional, official Ferrari racing gloves. Ready to go. Where's that sponsorship money? I didn't get any. But what the heck? They, they can't text, though, unfortunately. Oh, they are not texting useless. gloves. Useless. So. <laughs> I take them off though because they get yes. really hot. <laughs> no, that's why. That's why the steering wheels on F1 cars will never be touchscreen. That's true. Imagine it's that never going to work. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Imagine that. Just like Tesla, like a Tesla. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and even if they did have the gloves with touchscreen, it would be way too sweaty to work. And half the time, that's, they don't yeah. work anyways. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah, wet races too. It wouldn't work. Yep. Yeah, that's true. You learn these things living in Canada. Those those gloves don't work half the time. Yeah, the yeah. gloves are awful. <laughs> they yeah. are really bad. Yeah, exactly. Currently, uh, what is it, like minus 25 outside today? Yeah, it's yep. freezing. Going through a very cold spell. So, yeah, it's been uh, our season reviews a couple weeks, I guess, later maybe. I think they should have a, a race in Montreal when it's minus 25 outside. <laughs> Just see how the cars handle it. It would be fun. In the snow. Snow tires and everything. Have to yeah. develop special winter tires specially for that race. Yeah, so. it'd be great. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Well, I know that they've done a couple show runs in uh, in like the Alps or something. Yeah, mountain, Max Verstappen did one, didn't he? Not? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. So, I mean, it's possible, but it, it's definitely it, it's interesting to see what like the circuit Chill Villeneuve looks like at this time of the year. Yeah, it's, it's all covered with snow and ice. So, yeah, yeah, it's been uh, quite a busy couple of weeks, obviously, with the the whole holiday schedule and all three of us being either like we're really busy with work or we've all been sick at some point. I know Tyler, you're just mentioning that coming off of like three hours of sleep from your work. So it's it's been pretty crazy. Pretty Here for the grind. Hate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here so, for the grind. You know, as much as it is kind of, uh, it, it's a sad moment that we've reached the end of the year and that this is our final podcast. It's also kind of looking forward to a little bit of time away from it to be able just to recharge the batteries. Just like uh, what Vettel needs this year. For sure. You know, a little recharge over the winter holidays, come back for testing and uh, with, with a new outlook on the season but uh yeah just like the drivers we went through a grind as well i mean not physically but more mentally and yeah we're uh we're we're happy to see 2019 gone in the terms of the race uh the the season was over in terms of the championship wise so we're hoping that 2020 brings us some some much nicer and closer championship racing i think we can all agree on that i think the exact same words were set, uh, said at the end of 2018 yeah, I think it's you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I would hope hope for it as well. So, I think uh, 2018 was a little more competitive. So, I think we were expecting a lot for this season, and we just didn't get it, unfortunately. Well, I think a lot of it started off with the beginning of the season as well, with Mercedes being so dominant and setting the records, their records for you know one two finishes in a row. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that was it up to seven. Uh, Canada because Seb finished second in Canada, so, so I think seven. it ended there. So. Uh, six. six, six, six. Yeah, and then but they still won anyways in in Canada. We can get on that whole topic again if we want. <laughs> I don't uh, think we have enough time. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, but that right from the outlook, it it made a it put a huge damper on this season having Mercedes dominate so early and so often. Um, that everyone was really playing catch up at that point. It's so hard to chase a season. From behind, it's very. I mean, once you're down, to make that comeback, especially against a, a mm-hmm. team like Mercedes, if the roles were reversed and Ferrari did this, and Mercedes had the challenge to come back, I would, I would, I wouldn't doubt uh, it for yeah, a second. They I would think they can make it happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. But the fact that it was Mercedes that, that just killed everyone, and, and Lewis specifically, um, yeah, it it put a, a damper on the season to start off. And thank God after the summer break, we had some fantastic racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of just going to jump around it in this season review where we were talking before air. That's not really going to be too structured, just kind of reminiscing, talking about different parts of the season. Yeah. But yeah, that was the tough part is when you open the season with six, one, twos, eight wins in a row, really, it doesn't really matter what you do after that. It's going to be hard to catch up. Mm-hmm. And even when we look at after the summer break, like you mentioned, we had great races and, Leclerc winning races, Verstappen winning races, but Hamilton was still leading the championship after the summer break as well. So, yeah, that's we need the other teams to start off really well, like they did in 2018. I mean, Ferrari started well in 2018, same with Red Bull, and then both of them fell off after the summer break. So, yeah, 2019, it was a very rough start to the year, but like you said, thank God for races like Germany, Brazil, oh, yeah. Singapore, you know, just, just Austria, to name a few. Fantastic. Austria, obviously, yep. yeah. Um, um, Silverstone as well. Yeah, it was a good race as well. And all of it coming, not maybe midway later on in the season. Um, but uh, I just want to kind of think of how things maybe could have changed if a couple things went right. And obviously the first one we could talk about is Charles Leclerc and Bahrain. And I think a lot yeah. of a lot of people forget about that race because Leclerc had his first race win right there. Yeah. But that mechanical problem for... Uh, for Charles, really, really set off. So he lost the race, um, and I think that that hurt Ferrari a lot, confidence-wise, for because sure. they weren't the same for a few races until they hit, they hit Canada. They weren't the same really until then. Um, and it just if they would have got that race win, that was that's the second race of the season, right? Bahrain was second race. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean yeah. you're you're even level. I think it brings a lot more going to the table, but that uh, that hurt a lot. I could have been some points that would have made things a little more interesting as well. And same with Canada with, with Vettel getting shafted uh, in his race win. That could have helped shape the, the season as well. For sure. I wonder how much different the season would have gone had they, well, not only just won that race, but converted the one too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, excuse me. They had issues obviously racing each other um, and then Vettel got passed and then he obviously spun again in the battle with Hamilton. So I'm wondering, had they finished one, two, Things would have been on an even playing field heading into China. Would it have made a difference, or would the same issue still have been happening at Ferrari? We never know. But like you said, in Canada, I think was almost kind of the final nail in the coffin on Vettel season. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because when you look at the the head to head up until Canada, Vettel was getting the battle of Leclerc, even in qualifying. Definitely in the races, he was getting the preferred strategy, and he was the hero on qualifying on Saturday in Montreal getting the first pole position this season. Everybody was so excited. And then to have to, for that to happen in Sunday, which we still don't believe should have been a penalty. No, 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 um, no. You know, was, was just a massive disappointment. And then after that, he's just like, yeah, I mean, 
I'm not going to get anything out of the season. So that's kind of how the rest of the year went for Vettel. And then obviously for Ferrari, they made some progress toward the later end of the season, but it's, it's too little too late. I mean, the shining light in Ferrari's end of the year was Charles Leclerc getting the most podiums of the season, as well as, you know, getting them, uh, a first place finish in Italy, which hasn't happened in a yeah. very long time. So yeah, it's, it has to be the highlight of the season. It was that that Monza win. Um, I was going back. I think I was. You know, there was someone clipped it on YouTube the last ten minutes of the race or whatever it was. Yeah, and, um, it was fantastic to rewatch just to see the emotion in in Italy and like the the emotion of the Ferrari team. And yeah, that was uh, that was a, definitely one of the cooler moments of 2019 to see. Leclerc, and Leclerc being the hero rather than Vettel, yeah, uh, in Italy in Monza because we know how much Vettel wants to have that that German Italian national anthem pairing not only in the World Championship stage but in Italy as well as mm-hmm. a as a home race and especially in that race for him to spin out the way he did yeah. and then take Lance Stroll off the track returning was was just a really big but and then interesting that he came back the very next race and won yep. yeah so like I said. I think we talked about this earlier in the season saying that it's just been the weirdest season ever because we got the six one twos to open the year and then we have Charles Leclerc with the most pole positions more than Lewis Hamilton. We got Valtteri who's got the same amount of poles and just a bunch of weird things that happened throughout the year that we kind of really didn't expect both in a positive and a negative way. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it was just, uh, it's very, very strange. I would... That, I think the biggest comeback or maybe big surprise that I saw this season had to go to McLaren. For sure. And the way they handled themselves all year because even in winter testing, we're like, okay, this team has some pace toward their car and obviously the Lando Norris having a rookie season, Carlos Sainz coming over. It's a fresh start to post-Alonso era for McLaren um, with Zach Brown still at the, at the charge of that team. And... Uh, not much was expected going into the season for them. It was going to be okay. Is this another eighth place team, most mm-hmm. likely? And um, they they proved a lot of people wrong. Obviously, fourth in constructor standings. Carlos Sainz gets a podium. Lando Norris, a phenomenal rookie season, uh, becomes a, a a a pop culture icon. Hero <laughs> icon. Yeah, can you say icon? Yeah, um, for McLaren and online. He, he a meme lord. Yeah, a meme there lord. We go. Yeah. <laughs> So much traction social media wise to McLaren and they grasped it and then having the relationship with him and Carlos Sainz. I think it was just a, a nice feel good story for twenty nineteen seeing McLaren back on their positive ways rather than, you know, every second race they're out with an engine failure. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that that that's a team to watch in twenty twenty as well and to see what development they could go down the line. Cause I mean, we all always know throughout F one's history, McLaren's had uh, they've been in the topic of conversation in terms for of sure. fantastic cars. And if they can kind of keep the momentum going, um, it'd be nice to see them try and challenge the top three, either next year or who knows, in 2021. Who knows what could happen in 2021. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to see them kind of make that extra push forward and see what development they can do in the wintertime. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of this season, I would have said force... Uh, Still messing Force it up. India. Force Race, India. Racing Point, Racing Point, and Haas or Renault would have been, you know, the top three choices for best of the rest. And like you said, nobody expected McLaren to come out out of nowhere with two brand new drivers on their team um, to come out and do so well. Uh, and, you know, still fighting towards the end of the season for it to be, you know, for Carlos Sainz ended up getting what, fifth? Sixth? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Best, yeah. best of the rest. 
ahead of the the, the split Red Bull drivers. Right. Yeah, split Red Bull drivers. Um, and yeah, and the, I think the other big surprise for me this year was Toro Rosso as well. Yes, mm. that's a good point. Because um, who would have expected them to knock? You know, you expect you saw the first podium in Germany, but who would have expected them to get a second podium with Pierre Gasly? having made the switch halfway throughout the season. I think that, to me, was the biggest surprise of the season yeah. next to McLaren. If you would have told me that Pierre Gasly was going to get a podium in 2019, I would have believed it the way he started. Yeah. What do you said he would have got a podium in a Toro Rosso <laughs> right. in the season? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's what I mean, right? Like, such a strange season. Yeah. Like, where, where did that come from? Two, two Toro Rosso podiums. To Crazy. not have another Red Bull driver that's, you know, that's not Max Verstappen. Yeah. He was the only Red Bull driver to get podium this season. Yeah, Alex Albon, who made the switch over, um, doesn't get a podium at all. And the, yeah. the two Toro Rosso drivers do get a podium. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's crazy to think. Uh, like, wow, how does that work? Uh, you can thank Lewis Hamilton for that, I guess. Yeah, true. Um, but... <laughs> I, I think McLaren was for me the the most positive surprise yeah, in 2019. Sure. Um, special shout out though to Toro Rosso slash now going to be Alpha Tori because they just had a good year all around and not just the two highs and the podiums, but they had a lot of points finishes and yeah, a lot of good races. For sure. And a bounce back year for Danny Kvyat, and, and and he showed that he deserves a, a seat in Formula One, which is great. And it all really started in that first race in Australia with them with them having a good race. So. Whether it was Albon or then Gasly coming in, the team just always had the team was always moving in the right direction. A couple of rough weekends here and there, but for me, McLaren was definitely the most positive surprise of the season. If you would have told me that they would have finished fourth ahead of Renault and like you mentioned, Shaker Haas and even Racing Point, for sure, I was very surprised. And also, I just really liked how transparent they were all season, even with that whole IndyCar disaster. Like Zach Brown just came out and admitted everything that they did wrong, which is extremely rare. Yeah, in pretty much any sport or, or any business or profession to be completely transparent. So I think that that's a good good sign for McLaren, and the leadership seems to be there. Andreas Seidel has done a good job coming into that team, and their drivers, right? I mean, you guys touched on it a little bit, but Carlos Sainz, is, that's his team, man. He, he stepped right into Fernando Alonso's shoes and has done a pretty damn good job of filling in for it. For sure. And he got a podium for it. And McLaren, for the first time in 2014, got the podium, scored more than 100 points. Brilliant year for them. Yeah, I don't sure. think it could have gone any better. Uh, maybe Lando getting a podium, which yeah. he had some good finishes as well. Um, I don't think he ever got a fourth, but he got. A f- I know he got fifth a couple times. Yeah, well, he's running in fifth in Spa when uh, that engine. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I think he still ended up getting fifth, right? Because he made it to the last lap. No, it no. was eleventh. Uh, he finished. Oh, 11th. Yeah. okay, okay. Still classified though. Yeah, yeah. He had to get to the line to to finish fifth. the race. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. good for him, too. I remember watching him in Australia, and he was so nervous, and he kind of looked like a deer in the headlights. And yeah. for me, it was the rookie of the year. Um, I don't know if you guys have a, a different vote, but uh, Lando Norris, to me, was the rookie of the year. And, oh, and the battle sure. between the teammates, him and Carlos, was actually yep. pretty close. Even it, the qualifying he got an advantage say of. Tyler? <laughs> not my, he's not my rookie of the year. Are you okay. going to say well, Albon? Who is it, then? Albon? I'm going to say Alex Albon. Okay. Yeah. Personally, I, I, you know, it's a very close tie between Alex Albon and uh, Landon Norris, and I figured you were going to say that, but the only reason I chose Landon Norris because of his performance all season, where Albon, Albon kind of stepped in halfway through and kind of well, filled he, in the shoes for Red Bull. He you had know? some really good races in, for in sure. for Toro Rosso as well. Um, there's only a couple mistakes he really made, a, a couple big crashes that he had. Um, but if we're on this conversation... 
I, I know a lot of people don't don't think this, and they're going, okay, well, he w- raced for the worst team, didn't score a single point all year. But George Russell should be in topic for being a, a rookie of the year or in that conversation because he dominated. If you look at a head to head with Robert Kubica, every, in every single race, in every single race, he dominated. He yeah, he beat every he single beat race Robert. by one. No, every single every, race. Was it every he single swept race? Yeah, oh, really? He's the only hey? driver to sweep. In, in, in qualifying. In qualifying. Yeah. In qualifying. The only yeah. thing was one race that uh, Robert scored a point, and he <laughs> didn't. Um, but he was uh, he impressed me a lot with his composure, he made, especially at the latter parts of the season when Williams was a, a little better than what they were in, Aust- than on, in Australia. Um, he made a few very nice passes on cars that he shouldn't be catching. Right. Um, so I think that George Russell, it, it, if Williams get their stuff sorted, he's going to have a long future in F1. Um, and someone to watch out for, I think, for the the open McLaren, or not McLaren, open Mercedes seat that will be coming up not too in a not-too-distant future. Soon. Still think that's Max's, but you know. You can go anywhere. <laughs> you can go anywhere. Well, actually, on the topic of Rookie of the Years, I want to congratulate Nicholas Latifi for winning the 2020 Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> he is the only rookie on, yeah. the, on the grid next year, so good for him. Yeah, what a prize already! Already, he has what a way even, to start. <laughs> he hasn't even raced. He has a trophy. Yeah, good for him. Man. <laughs> man. People hating on him already—it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, couldn't agree more with what you said. It, very tough to see because he's at the back of the grid yeah. in a car that yeah. will do 19th at best at most races. But um, yeah, I think he was great. Uh, yeah, Orlando for me only reason why because of the crashes that you mentioned for Albon. He was a mm. little bit shaky, but. He managed to bounce back really well, so um, <clears throat> I guess you could have gotten to give it to any one of those guys. They were all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. There was no, you know, rookie rookie guy coming in and being out of place. So For sure, shouldn't have this seat. He's, yeah. he's not good enough. It was all three of them came in and like, okay, these guys deserve to be, you know, contenders in every single race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess on that note, we we talked a little bit about the most positive surprises of the season, mm-hmm. but. For you two, what was the most disappointing thing about this season? And not maybe just the season as a whole, the lack of the championship battle, but was there a driver, was there a team, or was there something about F1 this year that just really disappointed you guys? Lance Stroll. <laughs> Lance Stroll in the Secret Santa video, that's mine. Uh, no, no, not even, like, yes, mine. yes, that's a big one, but <laughs> I, I, with how Sergio Perez, you know, Performed that car all season. I was expecting a little bit more from Lance Stroll at the beginning of the season as well because he was stepping up to a bigger team. Uh, I know, like, despite the fact that it was his father's team, but like, he, I think he was supposed to be one of the drivers that was supposed to outshine everybody else, and he got kind of got left behind, and everybody else was either had a better race, did better than him. Like, we're talking about George Russell and Kubica over Lance Stroll. Remember, he did have a P4. Almost had a podium. In, in Can- and that wasn't in Canada, right? No. no. Yeah, Germany, sorry, Germany. Germany. Yes. But st- that was his highlight for one lap. Highlight. Yeah. For one lap. Not yeah. even a full lap. He either. was in the. No, he wasn't leading. Well, yeah, he no, was. he wasn't the lead at one point. He but led yeah. half a lap. Yeah, he yes, didn't lead a Not lap. even a full lap. And there were some great strategy calls from Racing Point. And just to him to never. I think he got one top 10 finish? Two? No, he, he got that. Yeah, he had more than that. Um, he got the one in Canada. I think he was started 17th. Yes. P9. Um, he had a few though. I think he he scored twenty one points in total for the okay, whole season. Okay, well for sure. But he was outscored uh, a good amount. I think we had one of the teammate battles graphics up there for uh, the racing point yeah. boys. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would probably have to agree with you, Shaker. It's not my vote personally, but it is a disappointment for sure. But yeah, yeah, 
I think when you look at it, it's his third season in F1 already, right? 2017, 2018, and now in 2019. And I'm not surprised that Sergio, you know, kind of did a clean sweep as we're looking at it now, both the qualifying yep. and the races, because... We're tied on DNFs. Tied on DNFs, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because Sergio, he's kind of an underrated driver on the grid. He's very good, very technical. He's for been sure. in the game for a long time now. But I just think the, the frustrating thing with Lance Stroll is the consistency. Mm-hmm. He does that P4 in Germany, which was a fantastic race when you consider Hulkenberg, Leclerc, Hamilton, Bottas all crashed out, and he kept it clean to finish fourth. But then qualifying, again, that's the biggest problem for him, is his qualifying is hindering his races because this year, again, he did a good job on first laps, gaining a couple of places, but when you're starting 15th all the time, it's not helping <clears throat> Excuse me, it's not helping you, yeah. and it's not helping the team strategy either, so... I mean, he does have very good racecraft. His racecraft is fantastic, but like you mentioned, you gotta if you improve the qualifying in his race, if he if he adds an extra three spots, if he gets out of Q one most of the time, yes, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a huge issue. Um, so even those extra three grid slots at the start of the race that could massively improve the amount of points he gets throughout a season. I think with his racecraft and how good he he is a mm-hmm. very good overtaker um, and a very good defender as well. Uh, when you put him in a race and he's good at managing his tires, he's a, he's a good race car driver. And I don't know if it's a, a different setup than what he had from Sergio Perez that made him not as good in qualifying, but better since the Park family rules in, in racing or in, in the race. Um, but, you know, two, three, four extra grid slots uh, could do him a world of difference in 2020. Yeah, I think it's just simple as almost as outright pace as well, too. Just uh, Sergio's not there. Midway facial change. Yeah, my eyes were starting to hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Glasses are off. Okay. (laughs) My glasses are off. (laughs) It's when you know I'm getting into it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here you know he's serious. (laughs) Lance Stroll made him cry. Now he has to take his glasses off. Yeah, so tough season for uh, Sir Lancelot, but... Well, I like that. That's a good nickname. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo gave him that nickname. Did he? I, I will not take credit for that, so... Good job, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, impressing us. So 2020 for him is going to be a big year. Obviously, all the haters out there want to uh, throw the pay driver comments yeah. out there right away. So it's up to Lance to uh, shut them up. But yeah, qualifying is the big thing. I think if the qualifying, you at least get into Q2, it'll solve uh, a decent amount of yeah, your problems. Yeah, for sure. Here. 100%. Uh, who's your biggest disappointment in terms of, well, team driver scenario? Celo Renault. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, that was that was mine. But I'll take I'll think of a different one. Okay, they were Comsi. Uh, well, actually, they weren't even Comsi Comsa oh, okay. this year. They were um, they were wishy washy. I'm trying to think of a fe- French word for it. Horrible. <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> they were uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, they just really disappointed me for this year because they brought in Daniel Ricardo. They put in more money into their budget. They they ditch Red Well, I guess Red Bull ditched them, so they're only supplying themselves and McLaren. And it all seems shaping up to at least fourth place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I expected fourth place from them. And for them to finish, I think they finished uh, fifth in the Constructors' Championship. Toro Rosso was right on their heels going into the last race. And then McLaren finished ahead of them as well. They got a podium. Toro Rosso got two podiums. Sorry, what was that? They were fifth. Fifth? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, fifth in the championship with all the money and being a works team and the budget that they have and the big driver that they brought in. And let's not forget about Nico Hulkenberg, who also is a very good driver. Yeah, very good. Should be on the grid for 2020. But yeah. anyways, yeah. get and that later. 
their car was just not good. They started off the season rough and they had the disqualification in Japan, obviously. So for me, Renault, considering that the, you know, the allowances that they have and the resources that they have just really disappointed me at the end of the day, this is a world championship team with a really great history. And I think their drivers deserve better for sure. Um, I think they did have a better later half of the season compared to how they started off. Those last five or six races were definitely a big plus for them. Uh, but I agree, they were they were kind of a disappointment this year. And like you said, we we said it right off the bat. Um, you know, Renault, you know, Racing Point were the two to be two we were expected to be best of the rest. You know? Yeah. So. So uh, or Haas. I absolutely think that uh, Renault um, is is one if not the biggest disappointment of the season um in terms of as you mentioned how much money and how much star power and hype there was for the team this year they really dropped the ball in a lot of ways this season and it just seemed like they couldn't get the car right for the longest time and to have issues with your car and you have issues with your engine as a, as a works team yeah yeah you can't be having that like that's just unacceptable to also have be- so many reliability problems this and, year and to be caught cheating yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's just funny. Yeah. yeah, in the long run. Sorry to jump in, but no. just also oh. McLaren being a customer team to get a podium and finish ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I had Daniel Ricciardo. I think I said at the beginning of the year, I had him getting a podium this year in Renault. Uh, that looks like a silly prediction now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have to kind of scrape things back and go right back to the drawing board and try and figure out 2020 because they're not, they're not going to keep Daniel Ricciardo if... If this this sort of thing happens, and uh, I mean they have Esteban Ocon coming in next year, fantastic race car driver, glad he's back in the sport, but he's another guy with a lot of talent. I could go to a top team if if Renault doesn't kind of figure their things out in twenty twenty, and then leading into twenty twenty one. Yeah, agree with you. Sorry, are you saying they're not going to keep Daniel Ricciardo or Daniel Ricciardo not? It's not going to want to stay. They're not going to want to stay. Okay. Yeah, yes. not going to want to stay just in terms of... Yeah, I was going to say, I think they would keep Daniel Ricciardo, but probably get rid of the... I always forget his name. Uh, the, yeah, and I, I know who you're talking about. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your... Uh, uh, my biggest disappointment? <laughs> well, um, other than Renault, uh, it has to do with another team as well. And this team, I thought, was going to be up there with with getting a lot a lot of... Good points finishes, double points finishes, and challenge for uh, fourth place in the constructor standings. And I thought it was a big; it would be a big year for them. And that's Haas F one. Yep. Um, Haas, I thought they didn't even drop the ball; they shot themselves in the foot. Like I, I don't even know like how a to bunch po- of wankers. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they really did. Like I don't know how they managed to to screw it up that bad, but to have. Your Australia race spec car, that's a basic start of the year car, to have that car faster than your car midway through the season with all your research and development really shows that they had... No research and development? Well, yeah, that or just... <laughs> like, I don't research know, and dumb element. I don't know yes. what... That did not sound as good no, as I thought it was. It's okay. It sounded <laughs> in your head, though. Um, I don't know what they were... like. How, what, how do you put that on the car? If you, they, what's their testing in the, in the wind tunnel to... Have that so much worse than your start of the year car, and we saw them switch back. At least Roman Grosjean switched back to the the spec Australia car, and seemed to be a little bit better for them. But uh, a lot of reliability issues, uh, a lot of driver errors, uh, especially from Roman. Um, 
there's just a lot of things to work on. I expected them to have a solid year and, and to be pushing. And um, I think it was just a very frustrating year for everyone in Haas F1. And they'll have to have, again, themselves have a step back, have a regroup yeah. in 2020 and figure out what plan they want to have going forward with these guys. And uh, research and development is going to be their, their huge thing to improve in, 20, in 2020 um, to have consistent and better research and development throughout the season mm -hmm. uh, to put out a competitive car that can stay with the, the rest of the grid all year. They finished ninth in Constructors' Championships, only, only obviously ahead of Williams. Yeah. So well, they're the worst team on the grid. Yeah, only 28 points this year. So yeah. very, very big drop from last year where they looked like they had all the potential. And then, yeah. <laughs> again, botch, botch Australia pit stops again this year to open the season. Which was hilarious. I know it was like, yeah, they just, <laughs> surely they can't do it again. Yeah, and they then, did. Boom, <laughs> they did. So yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Two two teams right there that uh, that just really fell short. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that Haas can rebound because I like the team. I'm obviously a big fan of their team principle. Yes. Um, and uh, and the drivers as well. You know, I, I think that they got a pretty solid uh, partnership there. I do think that Roman Grosjean is going to need to deliver a big year. Um, yeah. if he wants to to keep his seat because I think that there's a lot of options open for 2021 maybe even a Robert Kubica to, to slide into that role or uh, or another couple of drivers as well that have been sort of uh, being Nico. tossed around yeah Hulkenberg uh, Hulkenberg come back um, also there's a certain couple of big names in F2 Nick DeFries being one of them that yeah. is will be pushing for a seat in 2020 uh, 2021 sorry uh, to have a possible seat opening, and you always remember Mick Schumacher. The yeah. name is there. the The name is there, and he he won a race, obviously in F two this year. But he's a name. The Schumacher name can do a lot for you. Yeah. Uh, to get you a seat in F one, so there's another name as well. So there's a lot of people that have to have their 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 eyes in the back of their shoulders, just kind of making sure checking those those young drivers coming up in 2021. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, there better be more teams coming to the sport for 2021. We have to have more than 20 people. And I've said this so much. This is my biggest <laughs> pet peeve. And I can tell I'm getting into it because my voice is raising. But there needs to be more than 20 drivers on the grid. Say it with your chest. <laughs> needs to be more than 20 drivers on the grid. There we go. <laughs> At least 24. 100%. At least 24 drivers. Because there's so much talent out there that's getting wasted in other sports. I shouldn't say wasted, but just not appreciated in other sports. Well, in other series. that I really think that 24 drivers, at the minimum... Uh, you could get some really, really great racing. For sure. Well said. I, I agree with you there. I think there should be 30 drivers. But anyways, 30, 30 spots on the grid. Uh, yeah. And that always puts up to debate. Do you have... If no one wants to, to buy into the sport and buy a team into F1, do you raise the budget and you go with three cars per team? Well, I mean, there's definitely teams that want to be in part, part of F1. But like, the ones putting the initiative in. Porsche and BMW were both interested at one point, weren't they? Yeah, but uh, where did uh, that go? Fell yeah. through. They've been interested forever. I mean, BMW was in it for a while, BMW Sauber, and they pulled out and they haven't been around since. Well, I think the main issue with them was they would have to take over another team, right? Or was, would they have to start up a new team for them? I don't know. If they, they should just start up a new team. Yeah. It's that simple. Like, I know I don't have the money to do it, but if I had the money to do it, I'd just do it. We might see it after 2021 um, because of the budget cap. Yeah. I think teams are going to be spending so much money next year that Ferrari's already increased the budget. I think a lot of the other teams as well will be spending, they'll be burning money for 2020 and 21. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I think that it, honestly, for 2021, as 
I'm disappointed, but I think that it will still be 10 teams on the grid for 2021. Um, I 100% agree with you. 24, 26 drivers to start with, and then maybe go on to 30 like it used to be back in the old days. But F3 has 30-something drivers on the grid. It's fantastic to watch. Yeah, and, and you know, the third driver is not a bad idea if, if we're going to have some teams that want to have the three drivers. You know, it happens in IndyCar, obviously, different series, different rules. We, we understand that, but I think that it will take probably a good two to three years after the 2021 regs for a team or, or a manufacturer like Porsche, BMW maybe, or Jaguar to look at that and go, okay, maybe it's time for us to enter, or... Maybe we'll have somebody follow the Haas business model and sort of come into the sport that way. We've, you know, since the last couple of weeks since the season ended, we've heard rumors of Lance Stroll, or not Lance Stroll, Lawrence Stroll acquiring Aston Martin and turning Racing Point into Aston Martin Racing. So could there be potentially an option for Aston Martin to have their separate team while we keep the name Racing Point? We don't, we don't know. So would, would Red Bull allow that? That would well, be a partnership that would fizzle out. Yeah, I think they like, would lose the sponsorship. Aston, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be Aston Martin Red Bull Racing. It'd most likely change over to Honda Red Bull Racing. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would think. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Verstappen's hiding the keys to his DB12 uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. Yeah. Oh, there's some nice, there's some decent Hondas. Um, if we're talking about, you know, Asian cars that it could be in there, I think Toyota would be nice to see them make another run at, at F1 um, and have that whole Honda to, to, Honda Toyota battle. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That's, that's always a. It's they battle each other in the car industry in real life. I really why not? Realistically, want to see Subaru in in something other Subaru? than ra- rally racing. I don't think Subaru <laughs> would ever go in F one. No, I don't think they would either. I don't think so. <laughs> I personally like to see Suzuki enter Ooh. for. Ooh. <laughs> are they still around? In they got, part, they are parts of the world. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in forever. You see a Suzuki on the road every once in a while. Like, oh. It's like, ah, well, yeah, you're still a company. It's a thing. Yeah, or a Mitsubishi. <laughs> Is that Jeff's Japanese as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for more American teams to get into it as well. Ford, yeah, I would especially like to Ford see, Chevy. I would like to see Ford in F1. Um, I, w- I would I would rather like see, see Ford Chevy. first. Yeah. Uh, I think Ford would have the best potential just with their racecraft in terms of the other series. I think mm-hmm. uh, they could provide a, a better engine. Than See, Chevy? Yeah, I just think that when manufacturers or different companies are looking at possibly entering F1, especially on the engine side, when you look at how expensive and complex the engine manufacturing is and the development, it just scares a lot of people away. And they're just like, yeah, you know, this it's just not worth it for us at this yeah. point. So no, understandable. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough because of how expensive the sport is and how complicated it's got. So but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to see some more teams in the grid in the next, you know, five years or so. Hmm. Um, okay, so moving a little bit along, we're we're kind of getting into the end of uh, of the whole season review here, and one of the other things too that I wanted to uh, a- ask you guys about was uh, your driver of the year, and this kind of ties into our power ranking sort of for the final year, so. We were kind of having a bit of a debate about this before we got on about who we're going to put as number one for our power ranking. So maybe not to uh, to let you know what maybe let's not even cover it in this episode, and we'll uh, just talk about it in the power rankings. I think it's better. Yeah, because I think it'll give away <laughs> who our top yeah. one and two is for sure. Um, so let's move on to the next one then, which would be the best race of the year. Let's not start with me because I have like three <laughs> and I can't. I'm still debating okay, which one yeah. was my favorite. Okay, you want me to so, go? Yeah, you can go. If okay, you want. I I know which one you're gonna pick, but oh, you do? Yeah. 
Which one do you think? I you think you're picking Germany. Yes, I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a consensus. That could be a consensus number one. Germany, but. yeah. Germany was one of them for me, for sure. Yeah, it's a consensus on everyone. So it's like all-time classic. Yeah. You know what, though? My honorable mention, and in close second place, actually, would be Austria. Yeah, I same think, with me. Uh, so that's my... <laughs> that's I enjoyed Austria over Germany. So yeah. that was your race of the year? Uh, my race of the okay. year was Austria. Interesting. Yeah. Mine was Brazil. And oh, that's a good pick, too. Those were my top three choices that I was deciding between. Yeah. Um, I had Silverstone ahead of Brazil, personally. Oh, yeah? No, I uh, see. I Fantastic chose, race, but. See, I chose Brazil because I'm a Max fan. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I didn't have, mine didn't have to do any allegiance. I just yes. enjoyed the racing. I mean, I, yeah, it was a good race, too, man. Yeah, good <laughs> very good race. There's some really crackers of it for this year. Some, <laughs> <laughs> some crackers. <laughs> but, uh, um, He's shooting threes again. Yeah, nailed it. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, for me, yeah. School basketball. If if you guys watch the uh, what do you what are bloopers from this year? Then yeah, you'll our funniest moments of then, 2019. Then you'll understand why we're laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, for me, yeah, Austria was was the race of the year, and I think a lot of that had to do with not in terms of just the craziness of the race, but it had to do a lot with the battle of this is our first taste of the battle of the future. Yeah. And having Charlotte and Max, you know, bang wheels at each other and and try and pass each other. And obviously Max got the the better of Charlotte in that race. Um, But hard racing, exactly what we saw. No penalties given. Thank God. We were all nervous about that. Um, And a a quick glance into the future of what F1 is going to be in five years. Also because the first seven races sucked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that was like, <laughs> holy shit. Well, yeah, Canada was a good race just because yeah, of the drama. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just because of the drama what yeah. made it a good and race. And Monaco's always yeah. a... Monaco's Monaco. Yeah. Monaco was good because of the drama between Max and Lewis. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So. Yeah, and the way that Austria built up where you thought Max was out of the race after lap one, and then, you know, it seemed like Leclerc was going to coast to his first F1 victory, and then all of a sudden... Verstappen puts on those hard tires and he starts storming through the field and he's in fourth and he's in third and you're like he he might be able to catch yeah. him here and then he's complaining about engine issues but well he overtakes the next car and then it all just came to this culmination within the last three laps passes Verstappen and then obviously the Orange Army out there the Dutch oh, fans love it. what a what a great uh, week that was and, and you know we made some good videos that uh, got a, us a lot of attention over yeah. in Holland so that was very very fun it was the turning point of the season I think for like in terms of entertainment wise yes yes uh, it was really saw some hard racing and that. Made the stamp. This is what we want to see. And I think a lot of fans voiced their opinion. A lot of media voiced their opinion as well. On this sure. is what we want to see. And I think the FIA listened to ease back a little bit on penalties after that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as the Canada incident sucked for the fans and obviously for Ferrari, yeah, yeah. I think it was good for the FIA to kind of wake up a little bit and see that, okay, we can let these boys race. And there's a difference between dangerous driving and you know, wheel-to-wheel racing. Crashing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. So. Crashing on accident. Hopefully yeah. in 2020. And, you know, another thing that we also have to take into account, which we didn't, was the death of Charlie Whiting at the beginning of the yeah. year. Yep. That really I made it difficult that, for yeah. Michael Massey and the FIA. So we can, after looking back at it, cut them a little bit of slack and say, okay, this was a big transition for them. And, you know, Charlie Whiting was on top of mostly everything when it came to race safety and, and all these penalty decisions. So... You know, now and going into the next year in 2020, hopefully they have a better understanding of it. Hopefully we'll see more drivers as race stewards, which should help, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that we'll get good racing in 2020 with, with minimal 
interference from the stewards, more black and white flags would be nice. Yeah, those served a great purpose as well, the black and white flags, because you never really see those in, in years past. But yeah, it's true. Um, they they came back this year and I think set the set the right tone uh, for the season. Um, I just want to touch on momentarily since we're on the topic of it uh, and, and kind of dampen the spirits of everyone. But uh, <laughs> there was. Three pretty tragic losses in the NF1 this year with uh, Nikki Lauda passing away, Charlie Whiting tragically uh, out of nowhere, and of course uh, Antoine Hubert in F2, uh, and that horrible, uh, horrible crash in Belgium. And just uh, can I take a moment to remember the, the amount of the amount of talent we lost on and off the track uh, on both sides? And of course, uh, our thoughts also go to uh, to Correa and his recovery, uh, trying to come back for. Well, I don't know how exactly how his recovery is going, but hopefully he can be back in a race seat soon as well. So just uh, from our our table here in our podcast and the community, we just want a quick memory of, of the, the sad losses that we had this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, three big holes uh, in the F1 community for sure. Um, you know, obviously, uh, all three of them were, were very shocking, you know, and, yeah. and especially the the Nikki Lauda. Well, I don't want to single out anyone because they're, they're all equally as tragic, but... You know, Nikki Lauda being such a prominent figure on the grid and for Mercedes as well. And it still feels, feels kind of weird that he's not around yeah. and, you know, not giving interviews with the red cap. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tough year from from that standpoint. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah but the, their memories live on, though. I think everybody did a good job. F1 did a really nice job, um, obviously, in Spa with uh, with the tributes for Antoine and his family. So, yeah, hopefully uh, the, the safety standards will continue to improve so we won't see that again. But, um Unfortunately, it's part of racing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, everyone did as as race drivers do. They raced on, and uh, I think that was the the biggest kind of takeaway from it is that uh, even though it is a very dangerous sport, uh, all these drivers want to do is race and and, yep. and enjoy themselves. And you know, got to see some fantastic races this year for some fantastic talent. Um, transitioning from that, uh, maybe we can kind of touch on. I'm not gonna get to say my favorite race of the year. Oh, I thought you. Sorry, I thought you. <laughs> I went, thought you said Brazil. I thought you said Brazil Real quickly, but I didn't get to say why though. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I guess we interrupted you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Shaker. Uh, bad now. What was your favorite race of the year? <laughs> it was Brazil. Oh, okay. uh, as mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but mostly because, you know, like the whole drama from last year with Brazil with Max not getting the podium that he was going to. And I think it was first place, actually, not just podium. Yeah. Uh, him to come back and dominate all qualifying. Uh, and then Lewis Hamilton, you know, still chasing a win despite him already winning. Uh, you know, yeah. it's nice to see a racer, even though he's already finished the championship, to still try to race to get that podium and first place finish. Um, whole Alexander Albon accident. And I think almost, well, I mean, obviously almost getting a podium. Pierre Gasly getting a podium, Carlos Sainz getting a podium. So I think overall, that was probably my favorite race. Yeah, it was a very exciting race. Uh, it was nice to see even though like the championship was decided. Yeah. Uh, they, they were still, Lewis was still pushing for it, uh, mm-hmm. which is classic Lewis. Lewis is a, is, he's a competitive person, obviously, and always striving to be the greatest in the world, the GOAT. Um, but especially near the the end of the season we were kind of yeah, no real kinda hype. Yeah, like yeah, melts down, you know. Yeah, but, I know uh, Max was fighting for the third position and that's then That's true. Yeah. And Carlos was also fi- fighting for sixth. Yeah. So. No. But uh no, Interlagos is always a fantastic track. I think it's one of the under most underappreciated tracks on the grid. Is is yeah, Interlagos. It it's fantastic. Sure. Fantastic racing out there. Um maybe the the big not the biggest surprise but the biggest thing you're looking forward to uh, in 2020, uh, going forward, 
Any of you? Was oh, that a question? It's a question. Oh, yes. but, sorry. sorry. That is a question. I'm so focused on what you were saying. Yeah, that no, that's, the, that's all I had to say. Zoned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so looking ahead to 2020. So I, I've already thought about this a little bit, and I'm like, it could potentially be the greatest season ever, or it could be the worst one ever. Yeah. yeah. Because here we are with not much regulation change. Um, I know recently the news came out that they're sticking with the 2019 tires. And I kind of made the joke right away, like, congrats to Mercedes on their seventh world championship. For sure. But when I look at it again, it could also mean that because each team has had 21 races on these 2019 tires and all the tests and preseason tests, maybe they'll have a better understanding of how to develop the car around the tires to get them in the proper working window. They've all had 21 races in, you know, 12, 14 months to look at all the data and all the wind tunnel adjustments. And I'm hoping that each team will be able to improve the car and that the grid will be real close next year. For sure. Especially between the top three, because we saw Ferrari and Red Bull kind of come on in the last half of the season. If they can continue that form right from race one all the way till race 2022 next year, I think 2020 could potentially be like a 2010-style season where we have three, four drivers battling for the championship toward the end of the season. That's what I'm hoping for, at least, but... You never know. I think that eventually the Mercedes reign is going to have to come to an end. But I, th- I just think that we're always in these years before a big regulation change that it's an opportunity for a, a really good season. So that that's my look ahead to 2020. Um, so yeah, just hoping for an ultra close season. Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, there's no... I'm trying to think here real quick. I, I mean, if I could add one thing, it would be looking... At Red Bull and Max Verstappen. Yeah. I think 2020 is a make or break year for his future with Red Bull. Very true. Um, I'm going to have to say, kind of looking forward to see what Renault does next year mm-hmm. with Esteban Ocon and Daniel Ricciardo to have such a veteran driver and, you know, a younger driver who everybody has says is, you know, going to be one of, one of the better drivers in F1 in the future. So I'm excited to see where they end up going with especially how this year went. Yeah, no, I'm on the same line as you, yeah. but in terms of, I guess, multiple teams in a resurgence yeah. from last year and an improvement, uh, obviously Renault for those reasons mm-hmm. and how much potential they say they have, uh, but they haven't shown it at all uh, since they've really entered F1. Um, same with Haas, F1 as well. I'd like to see them have a better resurgence as well and better team atmosphere there, and hopefully they can get things back on the right track. And Williams, I think uh, we haven't really talked a lot about Williams this year. But this is a historic team that has had two really, really tough seasons, maybe the worst in their history. Um, Actually, probably the worst in their history. Yeah, for sure. Um, And a story team that deserves to be at least fighting um, towards top 10 positions. Mm-hmm. So I really hope they can kind of they put a blanket on last year, come back. And I know it's not going to be an overnight change, um, but we, we've seen teams bounce back pretty well before. I mean, kind of see how McLaren's bounced back this year. We've seen uh, Sauber. Sauber from Real. Yeah, yep. that was a huge, huge resurgency as well. I, you know, no one expected them to do what they did last year. And then, of course, uh, this year as well, they were, they were pretty good as well. So uh, hopefully they can have a, a nice resurgence and to be uh, closer to, to everyone. I think it's everyone that enjoys Williams being on the grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on that note, uh, any final thoughts for, for 2019 before we kind of uh, say our thank yous and goodbyes for, for the 2019 season? Um, 
uh, you know, I guess just for me, uh, history, we saw history being made with Lewis Hamilton, and, and we probably don't talk about him enough, but him winning his sixth world title, you know, still kind of seems a little bit crazy just to say that uh, yeah. for him winning six. Obviously, Mercedes also winning six. So to see history being made w- w- was pretty special. And, and now with him with a chance to tie Schumacher's record of 70, 71, sorry, seven world titles next year and also uh, eclipse his wins record next yeah. year. He's, yep. he's very close. So, um, yeah, that that was uh, even, even though the season wasn't as exciting for the championship, uh, I appreciated seeing that history being made. And also, you know, Valtteri Bottas stepping up a little bit. It was nice to see him have some really good weekends where he beat yeah. Hamilton on tough tracks, on Lewis Hamilton tracks. So to see him come out on top w- w- was nice. So, um, yeah, not the season we wanted in terms of the championship, but nonetheless, I think we had a lot of memorable moments and uh, a lot of great races. I think when we look back on the decade, a lot from 2019, mm. I think, can be included in there. For That's sure. true. Start of a new decade. Yep. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Is that. <laughs> I know, I didn't even think of that. Um, who's your team of the decade? Team of the... Oh, <laughs> that's a hard one. Yeah, I wonder who. Williams. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of it? Red Bull, how many championships Red Bull this, dec- win Four. this decade? Yeah. Yeah. Four and six. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's only two. Pretty, it's actually pretty close. Four and six. Only... So what is that? Only three drivers won world championships this decade. Yeah. And only two teams. Vettel, Rosberg, and, and Hamilton. Yep. Wild. Best driver of the decade? I mean, it's Lewis Hamilton by numbers. It is Lewis True. Hamilton by numbers. Yeah, you're right. But Best race of the decade? Oh, I can't even remember. Canada 2011? German. That's your vote, usually. No, that's true. Canada 20... <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, Canada 2011 is... Yeah, that's still my favorite race in, in all of all time, so obviously it would be my favorite race of the decade. I'll throw a last one at you, baby. Best championship season of the decade. Hard for you, Shaker, because yeah. you only started watching recently. <laughs> 2016 Nico Rosberg. Really? Yeah. You know, I've seen a couple of votes for that online. So that, that's I really enjoyed that season and for completely different reasons than I enjoyed every other season. Just so, the drama was fantastic. Like it was, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't so much. 2016 was a season where it wasn't so much about the racing. It wasn't a racing season. It was a, it was a drama show. It was, a, it was, a, it was a reality TV show. Big drama every single show. week. Yeah. It, 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 it was Survivor. <laughs> like it was Survivor every week. It was fantastic to see the drama between those two. Sorry, Lewis, you've been voted off the island. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> voted off the island in 2016. Um, and that, the fact that it ended in Abu Dhabi, the world championship deciding, the drama in that race as well, made that race so much better. It was just a all-out good season. True. I would, I would probably... I'd want to put my vote on 2010, but to be honest with mm. you, I didn't really watch that season. I wasn't watching F1 that closely at the time. Obviously, 2010 was when last race in the season, we had four different drivers going for the championship. So my vote would actually have to go for 2012. Seven different winners to open up the seven yeah. races, hmm. first seven races of the year. That was a great year, yeah. Kimi winning in Australia. Pastor Maldonado Got winning in Spain. Win. Fernando Alonso with uh, a couple of good wins as well. So yeah, I think that 2012 was... And, and that race also came down to the last one in, uh, in Brazil. Mm. And uh, you know, Vettel spinning out on the first lap and, and making the charge back. Nico Hulkenberg with his first chance to win a race there and then plowing into Hamilton. So I'll go with uh, 2012. Um, should we quickly remember the teams that that folded in twenty in the 2010s? Um, let's see if we can name them all. Um, Force India is one, technically. Yeah. Technically. Uh, Katerim, Katerim, however we pronounce it. Uh, Manor Racing. Mm. Loved me some Manor Racing. <laughs> um, Rio Harianto. Yeah, that's true. HRT. 
Uh, HRT no longer with us. Um, Virgin I, I, Racing. Virgin Racing. That's right. Well, I, I'm kind of, I'm lumping all those into one. Virgin um, Marusha. Yeah. Turn into Manor. That's all True. one co- sort of big cluster crap show. That was. <laughs> um, I think those are the. I think you hit them all for the most part. I hit them all. Yeah. Does Toro Rosso not count? Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess leaving the decade. Well, yeah. but does 20, 2020, does that still count no, in this decade? That is a no. brand new So it's a new decade. New decade. Yeah. Okay, yes. got it. Got it. Okay, yeah, I guess technically no, technically but technically, no, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I guess, yeah. You see, yeah. I was watching. Because they announced it like halfway through the year as yeah. well. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. Is there any other teams that were missing? I mean, I guess Sauber, Sauber, Sauber technically. Yeah. They changed. But they still have the Sauber junior team, so I don't know. Yeah, They're it's kind still of like still Sauber there. engineering. They're still kind of there. Um, I think you nailed them all. Yeah, I think I, I think I got them all. Let us know if I'm missing one. Yeah, yeah, I think you pretty much nailed uh, nailed most of them. Um, yeah. So, any more thoughts on 2019 F1 season? No, no. Let's go 2020. Yeah. Give me some. Give it. Give us some. Some nail biting finishes. Yeah. More, more better races than last year. Uh, although there were a lot of good races. Uh, yeah. We always want better. Definitely. Um, but let us know in the comments below your favorite moments of 2019. Um, you can drop a comment in basically what we were talking about. So your favorite race, uh, best driver of 2019, most disappointing thing about the F1 2019 season, your most surprising thing about it, and uh, really just any other thoughts that you have on the 2019 season. We'd love to hear from you for uh, for the last time this year. And uh, yeah, I guess before we go and before we wrap, uh, just a big thank you goes out to yeah. all of our subscribers and, mm-hmm. and all of our listeners. Whether you watch uh, watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or you're doing both. Uh, we really appreciate all the support that we got. We had a goal of, of reaching a thousand for this year and, and, uh, and getting over that hump and, and getting monetized. And we finally did it. Um, so that was very, very nice for us. And so, yeah, you know, we, we've done, uh, probably over 30 episodes this year, yeah. uh, all the way from February now here until the end of December. We're only a couple days away from Christmas now. So, um, yeah, this wouldn't be possible without you guys. So, uh, just a big thank you to everybody. And, uh, Stay tuned for us for 2020 because big things are coming. Yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, everyone enjoys their holidays um, yep. and uh, kind of the winter break and relax. And I know a lot of people are. I saw this this hilarious meme online uh, on Twitter. I don't have the Twitter account to thank, but it was blinds. And I look in between blinds open and close. It's like it's only been you know 27 days, 30 yeah. days since the <laughs> F1 season, but blinds already remind me of DRS. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like everyone's kind of starting to get a little anxious, but um, I know we'll have some great content on this channel, uh, some some cool videos coming forward yep. that are uh, a little different, but uh, hopefully you guys can enjoy as well to get us through the winter break and get you through uh, what what is a, a no F1 season. And I mean, it's only really January that we have off, uh, second week of February, um, second to third week of February, already been announced some, some F1 teams will be revealing their cars, and of course, we'll bring you the coverage from there. And uh, just like that, we'll be back into testing season. And so it's not too far away, not too far away at all. Yeah, yeah. we don't have too much time off, actually. No, about a month and a month. Not a month. That's it. 
Yeah, a month and a week. Yeah. yeah, and we're hoping to still do videos between that time. Yeah, so, so not, no time off here. Not really time off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, let us know if you have any uh, content suggestions for 2020. Yeah, what do you guys want to see? Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely going to brainstorm some things. Uh, you know, after we uh, have a couple of weeks off rest, uh, we'll come together and come up with some ideas because obviously we have the the podcast, which is the staple of, of this channel. But we've kind of expanded this year and doing the power rankings, which were fun, and, and we got some yeah. good response to it. So. Let us know uh, what well, other of, types of content you'd like to see. One of the things we are going to be adding is the team rankings for next year, right? That's right. Yes. Team power rankings. So that's going to be another addition we're doing next year as well, which I think I think is pretty much confirmed. If not, I'm pretty yeah. much I confirmed yep. it right you now. Confirmed you confirmed it. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. You uh, just did. So yeah, that's going to be one of the things we're for sure doing next year. So yeah. more yeah. videos, more content for you guys to enjoy. And uh, F1 community is a great community. So we always uh, we appreciate you guys' support. Yeah, very much looking forward to next year. So, uh, yeah, just like uh, Tyler said, uh, hopefully everybody has a good Christmas and uh, a good couple of days off. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be here uh, in January doing a couple of extra videos. We obviously got the end of the season power rankings that will be coming out after this video. And, uh, yeah, until February, no, uh, no real F1 action, but it's around the corner. Yeah. It's right around the corner, not too far along at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Any final thoughts then? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Relax with some alcohol. Beverages. <laughs> Have some you alcohol. don't drink water. Yeah. <laughs> water is also great. Way to sell it. <laughs> Enjoy some time with the family. That's what that There is. you go. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, everyone, again. Really appreciate the support. We'll see you in 2020.